Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Well, welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author today, Jenny Levitt, and her new book, God Prints, Finding Evidence of God in the Shattered Pieces of Life. And before I roll this conversation with her, let me just give you a little bit of her background. As a pastor's wife, Jenny Levitt sees and is amazed by how far God will go to rescue broken, hurting people. She has witnessed God's faithfulness through shattering loss and wants to encourage others to lean into Jesus in all of life's ups and downs. While her son Jacob is already home in heaven, Caleb daily makes her proud as he strives to love Jesus and be the man God called him to be. Jenny and Myron, her best friend and husband of nearly 30 years, make their home in Central Florida with a dog who thinks she's a cat. Ha! All right, we're going to roll that conversation. All right. Well, Jenny, welcome to the All Things Podcast. It is so delightful. After having spent some time with you at the Florida Christian Writers Conference again, it is just a delight to have you on the podcast today to tell your story. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the honor of joining you. Yeah. It's great meeting. Great seeing you again, too. Yes. So, um, I always like to start out uh, this show with just, you know, God is so creative and there's so many ways that he works that Romans 8, 28 theme in our lives and turns bad things into um, moments that nourish and teach and minister to others. And, you know, sometimes we can't even imagine how he can do it. So even though I know you're the story in your book is um, a huge Romans eight twenty eight story. Let's just start with your journey through cancer and how that became a Romans eight twenty eight story. I was diagnosed with 
stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer when I was just 22 years old. And I had been a Christian for about six or seven years at that time. So I, but the foundation of faith really helped see me through that difficult time in my life. And over the years since then, I've always been amazed um, how God has brought those Romans 8.28 times um, to my mind as somebody new would come to me or a co-worker would um, say, hey, can you talk to my mom? She was just diagnosed with cancer. Or um, our pastor would say, hey, there was a gentleman in the church that, you know, his wife was given a terminal diagnosis. Would you guys be able to go see them in the hospital? And times like that, that um, would just remind me that even though we went through that extremely hard time, um, I only had a 25% chance of survival at that time. So even after all these years, I am still, they're actually, um, I am in a national database right now because there's so few long-term survivors of that type of cancer. Wow. So it, it already has been amazing to me how God has brought good out of that. Um, I've been able to really, not just me, but my husband as well, come alongside other people that are going through that. There's just something about it when somebody has actually experienced what you're going through um, and can say, yeah, I know exactly what chemotherapy is like and the toll that radiation will have on your body. And, um, and even during the, the cancer time, um, Romans 8, the whole chapter was like a lifeline to me. Um, and I mean, I remember writing bits and pieces of scripture and chunks of Romans chapter 8 on little scripts, scraps of paper and putting them like on the bathroom mirror, on the wall by the light, anywhere so that when I wasn't feeling good or I just needed that reminder that somehow God was going to work everything out for good because we loved him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I clung to that during that time. And I've told people since then that, that that's one of the things that actually brought me through that difficult time and has been a blessing to me since then to see God turning around what the enemy meant for evil, mm -hmm. um, meant to take me out, you know, and kill me and to see God turn it completely around and be able to bring good from it. Um, so up until 2015, I would have easily said that that was the defining Romans 8:28 um, story in my life. Um, but then in August of 2015, my husband and I and our two sons, uh, Caleb was 20, Jacob was 17. We'd all just finished volunteering at a big church event. Um, our church puts on plays and concerts and all kinds of events, and all four of us were involved in it. And uh, my husband and I had just got home. It was really late, almost midnight, because when you volunteer for things like that, you're always the first one there and the last ones to leave. Right. And, uh, you know, so we had just gotten home and we got a phone call that our two boys um, had been hit by a drunk driver. And um, our youngest son, Jacob, died there on the scene. And uh, Caleb almost died. Um, thank God. God chose to spare him. And it took him about a year. He had to learn how to walk again. He's had multiple surgeries. And 
So, but since then, um, there have been quite a few Romans 8, 28 stories of seeing um, God's hand preparing us, helping us when we didn't even know um, that he was doing that and then turning around what, what the devil, what the enemy meant for evil and being able to work good out of it. And I love how oftentimes when we quote Romans 8, 28, I always forget that the next verse is why he does that. He works good for those who love him so mm -hmm. that he can conform us to the image of his son and mm -hmm. give us that compassion for others and give us that all those opportunities to share what he's done and how it's changed us mm -hmm. and how it can give hope to others. Yes, ma'am. Mm. So, uh, okay. So this is a, a little bit of a challenging question. You know, your son was saved, but how are you able to comfort a parent who doesn't have that assurance? Um, Probably about three or four years ago, I actually had to deal with this very issue. Um, and we, I met a, met a lady who just three weeks before I met her had lost her 17-year-old son, also in a drunk driving accident. And this is one of those Romans 8:28 stories that similar to the cancer, how God would bring people into my path that were dealing with that so that my husband and I could come alongside because we've experienced it. I really and truly believe that that's why this lady was brought into my life just three weeks after she lost her son. Um, because we've experienced it, we know the pain. Um, and so unfortunately though, her, she was not a Christian when I met her. Um, one big Romans 828 is about seven months after I met her, I led her to Christ. Mm. Um, so I, that would have never happened if we had not had this connection and got to know each other. Um, but she was not a Christian. She had not raised her children in the Christian faith or in church. And I remember talking to my husband, Myron, um, one day and I said, I'm getting to know her a lot better. And I'm really concerned about what if she asked me, I don't know what to tell her. And so we agreed to pray about it and we, you know, we're praying about it. And then I came back to him later and I said, you know, I really think that I'm just going to tell her the truth, which is that God loves our children even more than we do, even though that's hard to understand and that he would have done anything and everything possible to reach her son. And before I could even have that conversation with me, she came to me and her family owns some property down in the Caribbean that her son had gone down. He was 17. So the summer before he passed away, he had gone down and he was working um, with a local gentleman down there who just happened to be a Christian and told her right before she told me this, that he didn't want to offend her. He was hoping to encourage her by telling her that he had led her son to Christ and baptized him in the Atlantic Ocean just that summer before. Wow. So when she's telling me this, I was like, wow, Lord, you just answered, 
you just answered that question for me. Yeah. And it just proves that what he had already spoken to my heart was true, that he loves our children even more than we do. And that he, he does things even behind the scenes that we don't even know are happening. He can work on their hearts even when they're not anywhere near us and draw them to himself. Well, and I just love how, you know, you wanted to make sure you had the right thing to say to her because that that would be you know that would be a challenge to go well, if she's not saved and she didn't bring him up to know christ then what how do i answer that right and for god to just give you that assurance and then for her to start that conversation before you did yeah before um, i could even bring it up wow i love that mm-hmm. and then and then you ended up leading her to Christ. Yep, so, I sure did. Mm. Just a short time later. Wow. wow. Yeah, and she has a she has a daughter um, who is now in young adulthood um, that we've also led to Christ too. So, you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how God orchestrates these meetings with people that. And, and again, this is a a larger a Romans eight twenty eight how God uses even these tragedies of our lives, if we just let him and we keep our eyes open to what he's doing, yeah. you know, we can, we can see it. We can see where he's working. I love that. So did writing the book actually offer any sort of outlet or personal therapy for you as you were, I mean, you had to relive it to write it. So how, what, what was that like? I did. Um, it was very cathartic. Um, th- honestly, there were large chunks of it that will probably never see the light of day um, because I had to work through some things and allow God into some deep wounds, some deep hurts and bring some healing there. And so sometimes the writing honestly was just for me, you know, and and in the book, I do um I do share some snippets like out of my personal journals and stuff like that, um, just so that people can see I am human. Uh, Mm -hmm. I definitely have gone to some deep, deep wounds, hurts, you know, some dark places sometimes um, and had to kind of bring myself back to the truth. Um, We had a, a couple recently um, that they've had a really bad loss just this year. And the, the wife was telling my husband and I, you guys just seem like you have it, have everything together. And we just looked at each other and we were like, oh, no, 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 no. What you're seeing is seven years of God bringing healing, yeah. God doing things in our lives, using other people to help us work through some of the things that we couldn't work through on our own. You're seeing a lot of a lot of work over the last seven years, you know, and, and the writing was very instrumental in that for me. Um, My husband is a pastor and he kind of jokes that he, how does he put it? He's a preacher. So he, he shares the story by talking and that um, I'm the writer. So I tend to like, just write it all out. Um, so and it did. It, it, journaling has been a big part for me, you know, in helping me kind of process those things. Mm. Amen. So 
Was it then difficult to write about times in your life when you faced circumstances that might be considered shameful, like losing a job or homelessness? What, how, how was that when you actually got the courage up to write those pieces? Some of it, um, some people already know, but in a much smaller setting, usually I'm just a one-on-one -on -one type person. Um, and then some of it I have never shared, like the when my husband uh, was sent home on workman's comp, he had a severe back injury. And that was the time when we were homeless and we lived in a hotel two times um, for a couple months in a one room hotel with two elementary aged boys. Um, and I worked a full-time job and both times nobody at my job knew because I was so embarrassed, even though there was nothing we could do. Um, it was just very embarrassing. And when I was writing that part, I even said that, that uh, maybe it's pride. It probably is pride. Um, you know, but that some people, if, if my coworkers from that time period in my life read the, read my book, they're going to be like, what? They lived in a hotel because I just, and one of the times it was Christmas time and I still didn't tell anybody because it was just wow. embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think that some people face what seems like more than their fair share of trials while others seem to just skate through life? That is a great question, <laughs> Athena. Um, my husband did in an interview one time where the gentleman who interviewed him said, wow, it's almost like Job because we've had, we've experienced so many hard things in this life. Um, and the fellowship of churches that we're in, some of the leadership has, has this old expression that the devil doesn't kick dead dogs. Um, so I always say, well, we must be doing something right. If, if it just seems like one thing after another, um, you know, the enemy just keeps coming against us. Um, and I don't know, I do know, and I know this sounds cliche, but it is true that we live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Um, this world is not the way it was designed, you know, um, and we can't just blame Adam and Eve because, all of us have sinned. You know, if it wasn't them, I'm convinced somebody else would have. Right, um, right. But this world is not the way it was designed. And, uh, you know, when I, after the accident, when we lost Jacob, I had to really wrestle through. I had been a Sunday school teacher for a few decades by that point. Um, and I love scripture. So I, I'm pretty well versed in it. I knew a lot of it. And I still, I had to wrestle through a lot of those very same questions. Like, why? Why? I just don't understand. Um, and one of the questions, I talk about this in the book too, I really struggled with, where were you, God? Like, mm -hmm. where were you? And one of the most, one of the things that really sticks with me about that question in particular um, ever since then is one of the times that I really was wrestling through that where question with God in that still quiet voice, that, that way that he speaks to us when we're just quiet and we quiet our thoughts and we listen. 
he said, I was right there. I was meeting him on that roadway. Mm. And to this day, all these years later, um, that still, it's like that just brought a peace and an answer to that question uh, that no person could give me and an assurance that he was, he met, I, I believe it with all of my heart that he met Jacob right there on that roadway um, when nobody was around and he did not die alone because as a mom, that can be really, you know, all those thoughts that go through your mind too. And that just brought such an assurance. And one of the reasons why I share that is because even with these difficult questions of life, the why and the where and God, how could you let this happen? All these kinds of questions. When I have taken those questions to God and sometimes I've had to take them over and over and over. When I do that, he has always been faithful to give answers. Hmm. Sometimes it's not in the timing I would like. Um, and sometimes it's not in the way I would like, but he has always been faithful to give those answers. And I have shared that story with people before to try to tell them, I may not have all those answers. Like you, like I just told you, that's a great question, Athena. We may not have all those answers, but if we do take them to God and we're seriously looking for the truth, he, he's faithful. He will, he will answer. Amen. So, as we kind of land this plane, what would you say to someone who doesn't know how to find the God Prince in their life? To keep searching, to keep an open heart, an open mind. Um, I know it sounds um, trite, but pray, truly. If, if you really talk to God, just like you and I are talking right now, Athena, and you just say, you know, God, I want a different perspective. I want to see this from your viewpoint. I want to see your hands in this. One of the reasons why the book is called God Prince um, is years ago, my husband was preaching a sermon on the footprints of Satan. And he was talking about how a lot of times we go through life and all of these things happen. And if you look, you can see the footprints of Satan everywhere, you know, in your, in your sickness, in the the tension between husband and wife, whatever, you can see his footprints in there. And after the accident, I thought, you know, I want to flip that idea on its head and I want to look for God's handprints. Mm. And that's where the God prints come from, like his fingerprints. I want to see his fingerprints in my life. Yeah. But you have to look, you have yeah. to be willing to say, God, I want to see it from your viewpoint. I don't want to just focus on all the negative and all the stuff that the enemy is doing. I want to look for what you're doing and be able to give you the glory for what you're doing mm -hmm. and be able to testify to others that you are working all things for good for those that love you. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, instead of why me, I mean, that's kind of a little bit of the self-pity kind of mm -hmm. victim mentality when we go, why, why me? Why do I have to live with this? Why do I have to go through this? Instead of asking, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Mm -hmm. It's true. It is yeah. true. Yeah. Because when we have that posture before him, which you guys had, even though you, you probably went 
you know, had some fists, you know, shaking in the air, like, God, how could you do that? Mm -hmm. But, you know, because you were willing to just say, okay, Lord, we surrender. We, mm -hmm. what can we learn? And he just, that flipping it on, instead of seeing Satan's footprints, seeing God prints and his mm -hmm. fingerprints everywhere, it's, we'll see what we're looking for. That is true. Yep. Yep. Woo. Okay. So if we have some people today who they would love to reach out to you or connect with you online or social media or whatever, where is the best place to do that? On my website, it's jennylevitt.com. And I have um, multiple ways on there, Facebook and LinkedIn. And then my website are really the top three right now. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It was just so inspiring and so encouraging to hear just how God worked, even in the midst of some really hard things. So thank you for your courage and for just being willing to, you know, uh, I always say it feels like you're standing outside with your pajamas on and you can't get back in the house. And it's like everybody's seeing you because it feels like, you know, when you, it's true. When you tell all those hard things for everyone to read, it does um, have that uh, vulnerability, yes, very vulnerable. authenticity, mm -hmm. which can be scary, but it's so powerful and and really gives other people permission to talk about their struggles and then that's where you're able to see some some real movement and healing come so i just appreciate your heart for god and all that you are you and your husband are doing in the ministry to continue to take uh that hard story and see god do miracles from it and bring lots of good out of it. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Athena. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>